Firstly, I would like to acknowledge the traditional caretakers and inhabitants of this land and across Australia. Also locally where I stand, the dark and young who continue their cultural practices, wisdom and law. Hi, I am Sue and welcome to The Kitchen Table, a place of comfort and community, a place of shared wisdom and healing. Stories are the language of community. In telling stories, we learn what makes us similar, what connects us all, what helps us transcend the isolation that separates us from each other and from ourselves. The Kitchen Table podcast is where we can all come together to connect in community and listen and be inspired by our guests, talking about their knowledge and experiences on nutrition, health and the environment. At The Kitchen Table, we will help you see beyond the veil of our beliefs and our judgments of ourselves and others and see the world with wonder and wisdom as if for the first time. Our guest speakers will open new doors to understanding of the magic of life and our bodies. Nutrition is not the only way to health. Our mind and soul needs nourishing and self-care too. Here we will share methods and tools that are traditional to our ancestral heritage and laws of nature of the land. Seek and you shall find that magic in our everyday lives. Open your heart and mind and you will find the truth of your purpose, the root of all matter and energy. This is where you find meaning, rest and stillness. Grab a cup of warmth and love, find a comfortable place to relax and tune in today's podcast at The Kitchen Table. Hope you enjoy. Welcome everyone to today's Kitchen Table podcast and it's our very first one. Today it's such a privilege to be sitting with our guest who has so humbly agreed to share his story. He's writing a book and his back cover reads, Can we start over and be strangers again? Let me introduce myself. We can laugh and talk and relearn what we already know. Come up with inside jokes, create new memories by giving things another go. Would you have the courage to go back and start yourself over? Maybe it's not about fixing something broken. Maybe it's about a second chance by creating something greater. Born, bred and living in Sydney, earlier this year I spoke with today's guest while waiting five hours for plane repairs on a flight back from the Sunshine Coast to Sydney. At 53, Stuart Goh has spent the last seven years transforming his health, as you heard in his own words, from broken to grateful. At age 46, Stuart figured out he developed osteoporosis and a bunch of other lifestyle diseases. As a self-confessed workaholic, poor dietary and lifestyle choices first showed signs of disease with a torn knee meniscus, needing surgery in 2008, then years of plantar fasciitis and multiple pain heel spurs requiring pain meds and crutches. Needing more incentive to change his ways, a few years on, he ignored a thoracic spinal fracture that almost saw him paralysed in 2012. In 2013, Stuart accepted the metabolic illnesses he'd given himself had been his gift with a lesson and a choice attached to either to do something about or spend the rest of his life medicated, living in a cared facility with many other lifestyle diseases. He's now healed. In 2016, Stuart became the first male graduate at the Functional Nutrition Academy, who he says their vitalistic philosophy saved his life. Now 60 kilos lighter, did I mention that? Stuart has fine-tuned a wealth of simple approach, knowledge that can apply to anybody. 
starting a healing journey or those lost and overwhelmed with the amount of information on offer. And if we have time in today's conversation, I'll see if I can tug on his heartstrings why so many achieve poor results from their efforts. Just share with us some missing jigsaw puzzle pieces he's learnt from others we are better first focusing on to help improve outcomes. Well, hi, Stuart. Hi, Sue. Hey, welcome to the kitchen table. That sounds great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited and grateful to have you here today. Um, I think you're going to share some really incredible inspirational story that um, that you've got that's got you to where you are today. And we were stuck in an airport this year for about ah, six hours. We were. So what a way to we- meet. I know, that's how we got to meet. So through that meeting, this is how this has happened. Um, and we both graduated from the Functional Nutrition Academy. Um, he, when did you graduate? Uh, the second intake was 2000, February 2016 was the graduation weekend. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Way, way back. Yeah, way back. So you're one of the, the beginners. Ah. Yeah, and, and I must say, were you the first male to graduate too? I was. Yeah, that's really impressive. Yeah, hashtag mail, <laughs> token mail. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start from the beginning. So I'm curious. I want to know what your childhood was like. I'm always like to know where people come from. Okay. More my childhood. I guess I had a very blessed childhood. Um, I got a younger sister, Christine, who I'm very still very close with. Yeah. And um, we, we grew up in a, a fairly religious family, so that we had quite a bit of grounding and um, a good understanding of morals and stuff like that Mm. um i lived in a a nice home 10 minutes from the beach and grew up playing soccer and tennis and we always went on camping holidays and we had a nice quiet street nice neighbors we were who were still kind of like uncles and aunties to us now even though we've we've all moved on um and i remember coming home one one holiday time and the the council had come through and just retired the road so out came the skateboards and the bikes and we just um, had a, a nice new paved street, which was awesome. And we used to wow. swim in everyone's pools, and I guess life was good. And as, as a kid, you know, it's carefree, and you just you just having a good time. Yeah, the good old Aussie sort of childhood, hey? When yeah. you're in a neighbourhood with all the kids, and you hang out together after school. That's it. Oh, yeah, I think it's changed a bit these days. I don't know. I don't live in a street that I can do that with my kids, so it sounds amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, society's changed. We used to play out in the street till dark, and you know, shirts off, get a bit of a tan, and uh, we'd when the rains come, we'd race leaves in the gutters, and we'd sort of get down in the bacteria and the dirt and build up a resistance. But now yeah. kids sort of come home and they're they're locked away, and they, they they just put the air conditioning on and watch their their TV and their games, and it's a totally different uh, environment now. How kids are growing up. I know it's very sanitized, and mm. we too much too many comforts. I think that's it. We're not we're not stretching our immune systems or our bodies or 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 movement playing the way we used to. No, no. But so when so from that time, when did you start seeing some changes in your health or yeah. impacting your health? Um, I guess you know early teenage years, heading off to high school. Um, I've always had a pretty cast iron stomach and loved my food. So, mum um, <laughs> always taught me to never leave any, anything on my plate behind. So, I guess I started to put on a bit of weight uh, early high school and. I, I always kind of struggled keeping up with the, the PE and sport and um, I always felt uncomfortable 
wearing school uniforms because yeah. they, they didn't fit right. And um, well, well, what was your traditional diet back then? Was because it wasn't so much processed foods. I no, it was just trickling in. But yeah, what was, was your prob- standard diet like? Was it just? The I meat guess and it veg? was th- three meat and veg, and yeah, um, it was probably a bit pasta pasta based and high carbohydrate in general. And I, yeah. you know, um, I just probably wasn't burning off the um, the excess. Um, and you do that every year after year. You start putting on a few pounds here and there. Um, I, I can remember, you know, late late um, years nine and ten and eleven in high school, especially in summer. I'd sweat a lot and it was quite embarrassing. And you know, even after meals, I'd sweat. And um, I guess it was my body saying I didn't need any more fuel, but I obviously didn't yeah. know that. And your body was trying to regulate and balance and yeah, yeah, and get rid of toxins and things that it was yeah. And I even remember, you know, it got quite embarrassing in the hot summer months. I'd I'd head off to the the toilets and I'd I'd even um, tape um, cotton hankies to my underarms to stop oh, the sweat. So wow. I, I was, it was you'd, you'd do anything to try to yeah, yeah. regulate to the hormones in. or fit yeah. in and not yeah. look. So yeah, it was school was a bit stressful just from that point of view. Yeah, I can imagine um, so. school is yeah trying to fit in and going through your personal changes in your body because through that period when you're in high school, yeah, because I, I you know I've got three girls, so I'm not quite familiar with what boys go through hormonally and body changes, but we're all so self conscious, aren't we? Yeah, when you're maybe twenty kilos overweight, everything kind of compounds and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's that's something I remember which. Um, was was stressful and thank goodness I don't have to worry about anything like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, did, and how did you know? Did you see that affecting any of your other friends, or there was no real communication on how you were feeling? It was just something you were doing on your own. It was just me. I was I was virtually, um, you know, I guess attacking each day by day and seeing mm. how how things progressed. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then you know you're not. I guess I wasn't focusing on the schoolwork per se. It was just about, you know, um, not looking out of place or mm. uh, being a bit different. And um, I guess your schoolwork suffers a bit, and you're not uh, your aptitude doesn't uh, your, your test results don't don't reflect yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So everything has a has a knock on effect, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So school, yeah. So school wasn't, you know, it was a tricky. Trick place for you, and I'm yeah. sure that when when it came to an end, you're a little bit grateful that you got through and survived. Yeah, and I'm kind of mindful of you see kids going through their early adulthoods now, and you know what I went through, or I can be a bit more compassionate and and understanding of what other kids, especially with social media these days, it's it's in their face all the time. But we never had that, thank goodness. Mm. But um, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. I got through that. That's fine. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's the greatest difference that we've. That we've got now is social media. When we were growing up, there was nothing like that. No, they weren't that the precious like that. Especially the young girls growing up now. It's ridiculous mm. what they. I know. Yeah, but um, you just got. You got to... Yeah, I got three of them, and mm. experiencing that is tricky. And I think as a parent, you've just you've got to be very mindful and conscious of what they're doing and being in communication, checking in with them, and being you know being a parent and taking the the devices away. You know not. Yeah, and take, taking it, you know, when they get upset, you say, "Well, no, it's for the good," and explain the reasons, exactly, you know, the reasons why you're doing it, instead of just, "Hey, you're not having that." Yeah, I guess it's a full time. I'm not being a parent. I oh, know it's a full time job being a parent. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, again, back to you. Mm. So, what was the 
the time in your life that really created a shift? You know, um, I know that after school, your health did um, go downhill. Um, osteoporosis, it was osteoporosis that? Yeah. Um, that got you and sort of started awakening you to health issues? I guess it's a like a bit of a backpedal to let the listeners know of my story for a couple of yeah. minutes. It's, um, I guess, um, well, it was 2008 I first um, noticed some serious health changes in my physique. I was um, always suffering with knee pain and um, I ended up having, uh, I ended up um, dislocating a knee and shredding a meniscus. Oh, wow. Um, How did you do that? That sounds pretty severe. Um, I guess I was probably in a bad state skeletally mm. and it took a fall to just tear and um, destroy that and mm. I had to, had to have surgery and that took 12 months to overcome that because I wasn't recovering very well. Mm. Um, and then I was favouring the other knee and I was in a bit of a mess and then I was favouring my back, but I guess from head to toe I was... Um, a little bit osteoporotic. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I was almost, my knees almost come good and I could virtually say the next day my back started giving me a lot of hell and um, I had a little accident where I was um, we're, we're staying down the southern highlands and I was sleeping on a uh, an air mattress and it was Easter and it was freezing cold and you know how the, the weather changes around Easter, it can be hot or yeah. cold and go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're staying down there in the cabin and uh, had the roaring fire going to keep warm for the long weekend. And we went to bed with just the, the fire going and maybe some, a T-shirt and undies just because the room was quite hot. And I remember about three o'clock in the morning, I wake up freezing cold and, and I'm pretty warm blooded. I tend yeah. to go all year round with shorts and I woke up shivering and, you know, mm. like, a, like a cartoon character, I was shivering and, and all I could do was in this dark home and my air mattress had gone flat. Oh. And um, the I could feel the wind, the cold wind whistling up through the floorboards, and I reckon that that the yeah. cabin and it was almost zero degrees. It was that cold, and I just yeah. all I could do to get my bearings was just stand up, and I, I kind of sprung up like a cat, and yeah. and just um, in that second, um, I know now that I I fractured my back in the, in the, th- the thoracic area, and yeah. um, back in bed in Sydney that night, um, I thought, oh, that's a bit of a sharp pain. I, keep an eye on that but mm. us males we just we tend to just push on and I yeah. didn't seek any attention to it or get it looked at and went, then I went, that went on for like two or three years and it got worse and worse and I just kept putting it in the back of my mind and not putting myself first and looking after everyone else uh, running a small business and yeah, um, yeah just what I'd done I'd, when I jumped up I'd um, hyperextended my spine a, a few millimetres and it went sort of like back together, one cog out, and there was a bit of mis- misalignment. Ouch. And uh, the bone fragments were gnawing away at the cartilage. And over a yeah. couple of years, the the bone, the cartilage disappeared. And mm. one night in bed, it was bone or nerve. And um, yeah, I was just getting back spasms after back spasms. And uh, I could just think about having a spasm, and I'd have a spasm. Mm. And um, I thought, that's it, I'm, I'm done. I'm, if you've ever had a. Um, a back spasm they're like electric shock like hanging on to a electric cow fence oh and, yeah um, they hang on for like 15 seconds and then they let go and I was getting multiple ones of them all the time 
so, so debilitating, isn't it, too? You just don't know when it's going to happen. You just, yeah. Yeah, and then the ambulance had to come and knock me out because I didn't know what else to do. They just mm. drug me out. And I guess, you know, six months later of every MRI and endocrinology test under the sun, the neurosurgeon come up with, you know, scoliosis, uh, spondylosis, all this um, growth spurt deformity mm. stuff that adolescents tend to get. Yeah. Um, and I said, no, no, I never had a stitch of pain growing up. Like mm. this is just something that's happened quite recently. And um, at that point of time, I'd started to take ownership of it all. And mm. I'd done a bit of research. And um, so, yeah, it was a slow journey back from understanding that uh, I didn't take enough um, atten- care and attention on myself. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was a, a slow road back um, to... I guess taking the the scenic route and going the hard yards and doing the research and coming up with my own understanding of what I'd done to myself mm. and um, only only I could kind of fix that um, by putting in the hard yards and spending the next you know seven years reversing that to the best of my ability. Yeah. So yeah. what what was your had you reached your um, maximum weight at this stage as well or? It's- yeah, pretty so much by you... then. Um, I was, I guess, well, I've, I've taken off 60 kilos since then. I know. It's um, incredible. Thank you. Um, but, <laughs> it was, yeah, maybe I, was, maybe I was a little bit more sedentary when I started to slow up a bit with the yeah, injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I spent most of my time um, for at least six months in a, in a back brace um, in a... I had like a small electric blanket that I used to wrap around myself and plug in and, and put that and turn that up to five and got that red hot and sit that underneath my back brace and sit in a chair and I'd just heat, mm. my, heat my spine up so my muscles wouldn't spasm. Yeah, yeah. You'd um, do anything just to have some comfort and yeah. not knowing really how to, to improve it either. Were you in a stage where you knew what to do or you just really were in no. a self-discovery period of, hey, which path am I going to take? Yeah, I was just kind of managing that, I guess, you know, hour by hour with, with painkillers. Mm. Um, I didn't know any better at the time and that's all my physician told me to do was just take some medication to relieve the pain and, um, yeah, that was a bit of a bit of a, um, a realisation that yeah. I, I could um, sit in this, this chair for the rest of my life or, yeah. or get up and do something about it. Well, what but, was the prognosis they were giving you? Were they saying this was a life thing that you were going to live with forever? Yeah, it was just... Um, go away and lose weight and you know especially like even though I couldn't exercise they were kind of saying well you have to eat less and exercise more and mm. and um, medication and possible surgery and all this kind of and I've heard some pretty nasty stuff about spinal surgery and yeah. some people have some good good success but there's always a, a risk mm. factor there so mm. uh, I didn't want to lose my mobility so I just um went head first into researching nutrition i guess fantastic and, and, yeah, yeah. and learning how to um learning what to eat i guess up until all that you know my life was always pretty hectic running a small business and i'd always place others first and myself last i'd some days i'd work flat out and you know i probably wouldn't eat and drink all day just to get the work done and then you mm-hmm. know after after 4 p.m i'd probably eat three meals before that midnight yeah, yeah. Um, I guess my worst day was driving through Maccas three times a day and then eating junk mm. on the lounge at night. Yeah. Um, then there was always, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter, Christmas, any excuse I'd 
have more junk around the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, how, so yeah, yeah, your mental your mental side would be pretty down and low as well. How were you coping mentally through all that? Did you have yeah, supports or were you? Um, I, I guess the physical when once I started to um, change my mindset and I started to change, say, the nutrition and just the attitude. Um, the m- m- body was pretty quick to find its rhythm and give wow. me give me the results. And I've I've been lucky to been fortunate that I've always been able to you know cut out the the crappy food, cold turkey or the yeah, the yeah. Um, diet cokes or everything. Mm. I've I've never had to wean myself off stuff. I can I can stop something tomorrow if I wish, and I'd be fine with that. That's fantastic. Um, I think you must have a strong mental um, belief in yourself to yeah. to be the best you can. Um, but the the mental side that's that's something I still still struggle with. I I think mm. I still see myself as an overweight person, even mm. seven years on. Um, I just not that I'm yeah. Critical. No, I'll, ha- I'll have photo. to put on this. I'll have to put. On, you'll be able to see um, viewers that um, there'll be some photos of before and after and what Stuart looks like right now because I've only met him um, recently, so I would never have known this. Um, so when you look at you today, you know you're the yeah, fittest, big, big one of the fittest guys I, I've known. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just. I think the brain's just like a bit of a memory pillow. It tends to yeah. go back to its old shape. Yeah. And it's 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 a constant battle, you know. People that have always been lean and not skinny, but always lean and trim, don't mm. have this battle. That memory, yeah. Um, but that's okay. That's yeah, yeah. That's that's um, it'd be boring well, still, if I didn't have that. Yeah. And yeah. it's you. It's still you. You know, even on, back then, yeah. it's you, same person. So my job's not done, so I'm still working on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we're all a um, piece of art in in work in um motion in in work aren't we for the rest of our lives yeah absolutely so what was it that really created that shift what was it you know you said you went down the nutrition path the moment that changed my life yeah what was the moment (laughs) i love when i can hear what the moment was in people's life most people get an aha moment from something they read or someone's says something to them but i guess it was just myself i I just bought a new car which i actually physically couldn't drive we'd be um test driving cars on the weekend and jumping in and out of a few cars would, would seriously wipe me out and I'd have to come home and lie down the rest mm. of the afternoon. And I'd, I thought, you idiot, you've just bought this car you can't drive because mm. um, it's just so hard to get in and out of. Um, here I am sitting in this chair with an electric blanket wrapped around me with uh, gel packs heating up my spine and, you know, I thought, no, nah, this is not me because, you know, before, when I was at school, I used to run to run to the beach and back before school, and I used to play and and have have you know the good Lord didn't put me in this state the way I am now. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so I guess I had my own aha moment, and it was it was me that had to dig deep. Um, I had to you know say you know no to the back braces, no mm-hmm. to the the two lunch boxes every day, one with. You know, ninety-eight painkillers a week, and um, yeah, I used it's to come. Not home. Life. Yeah. I used to have to come home and decom- I bought a massage table. I used to have to come home and decompress twice a day because lying on that, I could hear my spine pop and and elongate and just take the the pressure off. And you know, I could get down on this 
massage table, getting up was, oh man, I was, I was like Humpty Dumpty. I was so fragile mm. and I'd be in a lather of sweat like I'd been to the gym, just yeah. getting off the table and um, that that started a bit of a journey and I think um, my first win was um, believing in chiropractic. Mm. Interesting, um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess I was like, my spine was like a tin man off of the Wizard of Oz. It was all rusted up. Mm. And it needed to be um, unrusted and freed up. So I had yeah. two intensive chiros a week. And, oh, I mean, I was seeing stars and they'd have to walk me to my car. And wow. it was, I thought I wasn't getting anywhere there for a while. But surely, you know, slowly I was starting to see a bit of a bit of relief. And, um, yeah, and then I combined that with massage, um, therapeutic massage in the same practice. And, I mean, back then I could only sit upright um in, a, in an upright chair for a massage and I, I had eight months at home sleeping upright. I, I couldn't lie flat because my wow. spine, my spine wouldn't lie flat. So mm. I, I had like, you know, 12 pillows around me and um, it looked like a bit of a nursing home with all the contraptions just to try to prop me up. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so going yeah. through that is, um, it's good to look back on it. You've I've persevered through that and it does, um, it does create a bit of a story. Yeah, well, it does, yeah. Well, I suppose in those moments, um, you can have a choice of what, what, whether which path to go, whether you continue that path that you said, or you make change. Um, and we learn so much in those those times of our life. So, what was the greatest learning you learnt during that time? Um, to trust and believe in yourself. Um, you, you know, it's like that's where the the rubber hits the road. You're the you know, if you if you're swimming, you're the sink or you swim. Or if you uh, want to improve and turn and transform your health, then you've just got to bite the bullet and 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 just you don't you know you don't know the unknown or the future. You've just got to work on today or work on now and mm. um, work on tomorrow tomorrow. And if it becomes a big overwhelming thing, that's when people give up. So yeah. it's um, yeah, it's just. Just self belief and um, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's so cool, Stuart. Um, so with nutrition, so which path mm. did you go down the nutrition way? Did you do a particular diet, or did you then start the nutrition academy? What was the turning curve for you? Yeah, originally it was um, the, the the high fat, low carbohydrate regime, just like mm-hmm. a, like a, like a ketogenic approach. Yep. Because I'm um, liking my food, I thought I'm not going to eat rabbit food, or I, I need, I do like my bacon and oh, eggs and yep. all the yummy stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I've I found getting a, into a bit of a ketotic state was um, beneficial for me, and I was enjoying eating yummy food and losing weight pretty rapidly because yeah. I had a, had a bunch of it to lose. Yep, yep. Um, did you have any sugar yeah. cravings? Because I know that when you go keto, it's so you take you're turning from your glucose fuel. Source yeah, that's it. To that's fat. Like the so cult- you, you would have gone through some sort of. No, I didn't. Like, like I said, all the cult. I can do everything cold turkey. I didn't really have any withdrawals or any keto flu or anything like that. Uh, yeah. It was um a pretty pretty straight transition to it. Mm, uh, because I was so strict, I didn't have any cheat days or yeah or fall off the wagons like that. You sound you're very uh, goal driven too. You have you know once you've got a goal or a purpose, that's it. You just follow that. Yeah, and I think as you um, t- 
tick off these little wins along the way, you you discover bigger goals in your life, mm. which which are maybe hairier and scarier and <laughs> have have been in the background for years that you're working on. But even if they are bigger ones and bigger um, hills to climb, then you still you know I'll still chip away at that at my own pace and um, I'm achieving other things personally and you know it's not only your health it's just other things that you've uh, your, your personal life that you may have let slide that you need to mm. get back on track with so yeah yeah um, so, so I guess yeah. the, the the um the weight loss journey has been a good um influence of of the next step of of people's journeys yeah well it's more of a um, visual you get to see when you're losing weight something that you're noticing yeah and i suppose other than that you would have been experiencing less pain as well when you oh that's it yeah i don't really talk about the pain much because it's it's a personal thing but Mm. yeah i don't know the pain was and i'm still in pain you know 24 7 all the time now but it might be you know, pain level three, and I, I kind of love it and respect it, yep. and and work with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pain was, yeah, it's pretty insane. It was, yeah. um, like I said, getting off that massage table. I I swear I was going to snap in half. I was mm-hmm. that fragile. I mm-hmm. just, I was really scared. Sometimes that I was stuck there, or um, a few times I'd miss a chiro appointment or a massage appointment simply because I was still in bed. Yeah, and. You know, the third or the fourth time, if I didn't roll out correctly, I'd I'd start spasming and I'd have to just lie there for another hour till everything calmed down. But yeah, you know, somehow I just got through that. But you know, even simple things like um, getting off the loo used to take me when I was in a bad way. It, it could take me thirty minutes to get off the loo. I'd be just as though I had two elephants on each shoulder. I'd had I had no core strength. I couldn't stand up without a spasm and. I could get down to the loo, but getting back up was wow. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. But mm-hmm. things like that, then I'm just so grateful that I get off the loo. It's, uh, I don't even, you know, things that you just don't even Small think things. about these days. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, the pain was pretty crazy, and but I did learn to respect that. You know, I'd done that to myself, and um, everything that I was doing was um, my choice and. You know, I, I, today I still say the best thing that ever happened to me was fracturing my back because I wouldn't have, yeah. you know, I wouldn't have lost the weight. I'd, I wouldn't have had the incentive to to turn my life around physically. Mm. Um, and who knows where I'd be yeah, with o- other diseases. You know, I had, you know, the cholesterol, the, the high blood pressure, the I had hemochromatosis, which is a blood disorder, mm. with ho- high iron, and I, my hemo my uh, iron stores for ferritin were off the chart and wow. they wanted to medicate me and I said, look, let me go away and do some research. And, mm, and it's quite now toxic it's, having high iron levels, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was off the chart and yeah. they were freaking out and yeah. now it's like beautiful and wow. they, they can't understand why, but they just say, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing, but just go away and keep doing it. And yeah. Um, so yeah, the body, the body loves, it, it will self-regulate over time if you give it the right information of movement and food and, and rest and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty amazing what the body can do. Oh, it's incredible. When you when you treat it well, it will respect you in return. Yeah. So is, I do, yeah. I do. You know, respect my body now, and I, from where I've come, it's um, yeah. I just every day I'm just pinching myself. Mm. Well, you're so grateful when you go through those moments. You are. You're grateful for what you have, because you've been through what you haven't had. 
Yeah. So you sort of go through life looking at it with um, a, a view of gratitude and not as a, a, a sort of what you don't have. Yeah, and you did ask you know, what was the first. I think food was the biggest um, shift. Like my food, it wasn't that takeaway-ish. It was just too much of the stuff that we were told is good for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, what was the changing... big thing that you had to change, you know, that you thought was healthy? Um, but then learned that it wasn't. Well, you're looking back now, you kind of laugh. Well, you know, you can't come home and eat four slices of raisin toast with peanut butter <laughs> and, and, and and scotch finger biscuits, chocolate coated with cups of coffee. You can't have that before dinner no. and get and get away with it. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the food wasn't, my lunch and all that wasn't super nutritious. So I was kind of starving by the end of the day and mm. you just, that's just what I I did, and I just didn't really understand that that's not what you're supposed to do. Yeah, well, we um, weren't learnt. We were more in the calorie um, time of our lives, you know, history then. You know, we we're looking at the calories in, calories out. But now it's not about the calories. It's about the nutrition. It's yeah, and it, even nutrition, that was... What's in, nourishing us through our food, not the calorie. Yeah, and even that was right up until my mid-40s. I was living that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and no wonder I packed on all that extra kilos. Mm. Um, but as soon as I started to research nutrition and um, just change things up pretty radically, a lot of the inflammation right through my body disappeared. I, you know, for, for years there, I had multiple heel spurs and um, plantar fasciitis in both arches of my f- soles, and I'd get out of bed on crutches and all sorts of crazy things that I just put up with. And I thought, this food, like it's, it's three months and my plantar fasciitis and my heel spurs are gone. Wow. Like, what? This is like, <laughs> who, no one no one taught me this, but I guess my own research and and being uh, and questioning stuff figured that one out. But, um, yeah, that was um, a pretty eye-opener that food can do that relatively quickly if you're in a bad state. Mm-hmm. And once I, like you said, once all this, the pain started to dissipate and I saw the results, I thought, man, I'm, I'm all in. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. so um, empowering when you can take control of your own health and you're seeing the benefits of what you can do for yourself, not um, giving the control away to someone else like a doctor or, um, yeah. you know, other uh, pharmaceuticals that you're taking. You know, you're yeah, making changes in your own life. I've never seen anyone come out of a doctor's surgery, you know, reduce, reversing their type 2 diabetes. They just go in there and no. get their medications tweaked and, throughout their life it just keeps ratcheting up I know well I went and saw um, Carl Brock's um, film the longevity film last night oh yeah and that's you know Dr Mark Hyman said that you know oh no it was um, um, Damon Christoph actually he said you know once you start the the pills and mm-hmm. then you're going down to the hospitals it's so hard to reverse that unless you know you go down the path of you know that determination you have yeah, that you say no, this is not working. But once you start down that path, it's very hard to turn around, come come back and heal naturally. Absolutely, you get stuck in that that mm. philosophy, that, that conventional mechanistic approach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, who was the teacher that's really influenced your life? Someone that's you know impacted you, some mentor or teacher. I know that I like to follow. I have teachers and mentors in my life, and it really really makes a huge difference in my journey and really puts me out of my comfort zones. And yep. is there anyone that, that's influenced your life? Yeah, two people, you know, come to mind, especially my dad. Um, my dad's had 
more than he's still still with us. Touchwood, he's had more than fifty years of chronic heart disease, mm. um, but he's never complained. He's always, you know, even though he's gone conventional, he's always done the hard yards of, of rehabilitation, and he just gets, you know, he's been knocked over several times with multiple. You know, he had his first heart attack at 36, a double bypass at 42, a quintu- quintuple bypass at 70, wow. um, pacemaker defib, broken hip. He's, he's been through the wars, a cat, a cat with nine lives, but he, yeah, yeah. He, he, he never complains. He just bounces back, and that's yeah. the way he's done it. Yeah, And yeah. He's, he's always taught me just to dig deep, and you're mm. tougher than, you know, you can just figure this out. And uh, I've... My goal was to never end up on the. Hopefully, it never ended up on the operating table like he has many times. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, right, growing up, right from a little little lad, right through to to now, it's my dad. But when I started um, researching nutrition, um, I guess my next mentor in life that's really turned my life around is, is nutritionist Cindy O'Meara. Mm. Um, she gave me the opportunity to further my education with the nutrition and, and I guess a philosophy of, of vitalism and, and um, um, an approach of you know, going back through anthropology and anatomy and understanding how we tick and um, what we were meant to eat, not what they tell us we should eat. Mm. And, and, you know, she taught me how to research correctly and, and ask questions and, and keep digging and asking why is this and why is this and, um, yeah, her full-on educational course was probably the hardest thing I've ever tackled. Wow. Um, and the first question I thought, question one, what is vitalism? I thought, <laughs> oh, my God, I, I want my money back. Like, I've, ne- I've, I've never even heard of that word. But, um, yeah, six months later, I just knuckled down and nailed that course. And as you said, I was the first great male graduate, which I was pretty happy to uh, oh, yeah. tell everyone about. Yep. But, um, yeah, so she she's ongoing um, you know, she's in our social media feeds and, you know, you and I and many others of our um, nutrition network all all um, can be thankful for Cindy's um, life um, and how she's um, just given her life of service to help others, which is amazing. Mm, oh, I can vouch for that. You know, just recently graduating this year, she's actually, yeah, transformed and changed my life too. And yeah. Just incredible how she teaches through her nutrition course and exactly what you said is to be curious and ask questions, be challenged and and learn how to research, like giving us the skills to be able to research and discern, um, you know, the research papers, you know, not take things for face, face value anymore. No, that's Look it. Look for the I've... source, the source of the information. And I think um, next year's Nutrition Summit will be a, a pretty special one for me because I remember back in 2013 I was actually sitting on the lounge up in in Noosa and just just contemplating my future with all this injury and pain I was having and I'm I'm, you know looking through websites looking for food nutrition looking for some kind of answer and Cindy O'Meara kept popping up on websites and (laughs) a sign uh, (laughs) yeah I thought this is kind of like the universe and um read a bit more stuff and I thought yeah this kind of makes sense it's different it's the opposite because yeah yeah um, that's what she's all about and yeah. at that time I had never even heard of Facebook and I thought oh all right I'll she's got a bit of tagging me with Facebook I'll 
I'll join Facebook and all right, the next step was just like your diet, you just kind of one step at a time and join Facebook. And then the first thing I did was write a small paragraph to Cindy about who I am, and where I'm at. And next day I got back a, a friend request. And oh, wow, um, yeah. so she, she was my first friend on Facebook. And oh, no guess, way, really? Was she your first yeah, yeah. friend on Facebook? What a friend yeah. to have. <laughs> yeah, like I just, friend. it was like gold. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I guess the rest is history. So. Mm. I'm, I'm very grateful for mm. her ongoing um, support. Yeah, she is incredible. Yeah. She's so um, genuine in her care. Yep, she's continually to walk the talk. Yeah, yeah. So what is it next year? Is it how many years? Uh, this will be well, it's 2013, so seven years, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I'm going for sure. I Yeah, I think this year was incredible. The summit was just mind-blowing. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going again. It was just, yeah. We'll just have to be careful what plane we get back because the other one broke down, remember? <laughs> well, you know, it was, you know, even though we, we made the most of it, you know, originally. Yeah, we had to, we wouldn't have met. No, we wouldn't have. So there's always reasons for things to happen. I always believe in that. So I have bought I have bought a ticket for that that uh, airline coming back, so be careful. Oh, <laughs> I haven't even bought mine yet. So <laughs> There you go. All good. Well, that's such a cool story. Um, and also... You know, being a man, you know, we focus a lot about on women's health these days and mm. it's very much a biggie. And being female myself, I talk and um, deal with a lot of women. But we don't really hear what's going on for men. And I know that there is, you know, being married, you know, being married myself and have, uh, have a husband who has quite a stressful job. And um, just being aware of his mental um where he's mentally into tune in with him because men are quite silent in their health and in what's going on for them. Whereas women, we love to talk and share and network, whereas men are not as good at that. That's right. We yeah. tend to lock it all, all away and mm. mental health is a huge issue, especially for, for males. Yeah, yeah. So do you feel, I don't know, how do you feel in today's climate? Do you feel like there's uh, uh, information out there for men or how do you see men being supported or what would you like to see changed in men's health? I think we're all, you know, male or female, we're all the same. We're all struggling with the same kind of um, challenges and you've got to take away the male or female um, component and just, you know, you know, I might be the there might be one or two males that have completed the nutrition course, but the 99% of them are women and they're all my mates. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and we, we catch up when we can and we have this mass, massive, amazing network and we just kind of spill our guts and um, <laughs> that component of say the nutrition group, or you just got to have a community around you in general. Um, it takes a, a community to solve a problem. You just, yeah. you can't do it on your own and, You've just got to put your hand up and ask for help. And there's um, some incredible women out there on my journey who continually on a daily basis help me. Mm. Well, um, there are, certainly. So, yeah, it's um, you've just got to say, well, yeah, you're a male, but deep down you're a softie and you've got to just mm. dig deep and understand why you want to do this. And um, when you can learn to be vulnerable and open up and share the truth, um, then you'll find the answers. Yeah, that's so true. It's fun that, you know, we've all got our little, like our little girl inside and our little boy and really talking and nurturing that little, that part of us. Yeah, and from a, like a, having a partner's perspective, um, if, you know, from my own experience, if a partner 
isn't a hundred percent, you know, on your journey. You, you either the partner, male or female, has got to make a decision to to um, be on board and, mm. and and grow with them too. Yeah, exactly. Um, or you just or you just grow apart. Yeah. So that's um, that's a big big thing I've taken away. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. So you've got to just um, from a female's perspective. Um, be be the lover and loving nurturer. But uh, you've also got to. We can all sharpen our our toolbox of um, health and wellness. So if there's anything you need to do personally, you just you've got to just get on board and mm. help these guys. Yeah. Um, and it's very hard from a male perspective if someone's not on your on your team. Mm. Um, it just becomes it comes a bit. Uh, you becomes a bit harder and a bit more insular. Yeah, yeah. yeah it does. Um, yeah. So I'm, reaching I'm, it. Yeah. I think reaching so. out to all the women is cool. I think you're right. And I, I've taken that over my marriage. I've been married for over 20 years now. And it's been a really big journey. And I think it's taken me a long time to actually realise that we're in this, even though you're married and you're in it together, but being deeply committed to the other person for their mental health because you want them to be well. <laughs> so yeah. my focus is to keep my husband well so we have a long life together. And, you know, to nurture our family and our priority, I'm so blessed and thankful that that is my role in the family is to keep everyone well and be a support as well as them giving me the love that I need. Yeah, it's definitely a two-way street. You've yeah, got to, it is. You've got to want, you know, that, that love or that bond has to um, have no boundaries. You've just got to do it if you want it to stay in place. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and what books are you reading at the moment? Ooh, or book. I, do, I always read I, lots of books at once, so I'm not, I'm not assuming that you would read more than one, but maybe you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer audio books. Yeah. And I smash out heaps of audio books so I can, you know, do it when I'm walking or cycling or hiking. I just um, pretty hard to sit still, so I, I do go through quite a lot of audio books, which are, you know helps you with your time. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I do a lot. Um, of that. Yeah, I love podcasts. Do you have a favourite podcast? Uh, it's funny at the moment. I'm I'm into um, plant-based nutrition podcasts, which is a total s- swing around from what I've been into in the past. Mm. So as your journey changes and your your nutrition changes and you just have more questions, it's yeah, uh, yeah. it's more of and the the, the game changers movie came out. Oh recently. yeah, did you see it? Yeah, it was um, a little bit veganized and yeah. like, bashing the meat lovers and all yeah, that. But, yeah. Um, but I think Cindy did a wrap up on it, which is pretty um, um, simple and and just keeps it grounded. And um, but yeah, I'm progressing to more. We we all love our veggies. Everyone should eat more veggies. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm pretty plant based meals. Plant-based. Yeah, plant based. Yeah, is the yeah. key. And as you said, you know, we're all on a journey, and that's we we learn and evolve as we as we age. And we mm. sort of, and we go through seasons, and maybe what we were eating before doesn't agree with us. So then we, you know, make a change and improve our food and eat more plants, which is I'm a believer of. I'm a plant based eater. Yep. Um, but Cindy did challenge me on that. I have to say, because I was um, vegan before I started. Yep. But have um, shifted into the point of more of the ancestral side of eating. So eating predominantly plants but having a bit more of the saturated fats from animals. 
yeah, certain micronutrients okay. yeah. you can't get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So any any books in general, audio podcasts in general that tap into um you know, people's journeys and what was their aha moment and they're not I don't don't solely normally just go for all nutrition stuff. It's just if someone's got an amazing story or journey or transformation, it could be anything in business or personal. Yeah, okay. Um I think the wellness industry is really um, tapping into that mm. uh, personal side of people's um, successes and, um, and obviously nutrition comes into that but just uh, how people turn their lives around and you know there's plenty of books on that and all anything motivational that you can resonate with and take a bit away from I think is great. Yeah and I think surrounding yourself with that information too. Yeah and it's, most of it's free so it's, mm. it's just amazing that people that give up their time on the podcast like yourself is just um, hopefully, if you can inspire one person oh. who's, who's having a rough trot, then that's all all that matters. Well, it ripples out, doesn't it? It's just like the pebble yeah. you throw out. You know, it just ripples out. You may not know what happens or what change creates from a conversation, but it's putting yeah. it out there in the universe, and the universe will deal with whatever it what, with how it will deal with it. Yeah, anyone's it's... going through a rough patch, and they think, well, if, if he's done it and he started little baby steps, then. Maybe I could, you know, put my shoes on today and go for a walk after work, or yeah, um, yeah. put that put that diet coke down, or just start small and just see if, if you notice any change and build on it. Yeah, I just think um, I wanted to say before because we're not, not too far off finishing off, but I wanted to say you've only just completed the Sydney to the Gong cycle. Oh yeah, and that's something you would figure. never. Yeah, you would never have bet how long you know five years ago. You probably yeah. didn't even imagine that you would have done something like that. No, well, see, that's it. Like, even growing up as a teenager, I had a bike, and every time I rode my bike, my knees used to ache, and it was very sore and painful for days. And even, you know, I bought a better bike, and even that sat in the shed. And um, my latest previous bike, just I chucked in the shed for 10 years, and <laughs> every, everything rubber perished on it. Was that, that, um, been sitting around for so long i had to throw the whole thing out because i hated the bike because it was the bike's fault that my, my body used to ache okay yeah. um, and then as i got healthier and i thought two years ago i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna buy another bloody bike and i'm just gonna stuff this i'm i'm gonna <laughs> you know so the first 5k killed me the next 10k got better and you're waking up a few muscles you never used before and oh, but you push through it and yeah, yeah. and and then 10k become 20k and become a daily thing and wow. yeah um the other uh, a month ago i rode to the, the gong ride which was uh almost 60k um and that was fun and i pulled up really well and um does just a good good little feather in the cap and mm. so yeah I, I do ride my bike quite regularly like probably five days a week and mix it up with walking and uh, a lot of swimming and so I'm increasing the activity and the intensity and uh, just always self-improving. That's incredible. You know, just thinking, you know, back in your, you know, the the low times of your health and to Mm. look now and you're just enjoying life to the max. It's just so inspiring. You know, I get goosebumps listening. That's it. If, If, yeah, we we tend to look too far down the track, mm. um, and I've I've noticed I've gravitated towards more these activities like cycling, hiking, and swimming in a, in an Olympic pool where you you have to stay present. Like mm. cycling, 
you don't look back. You, you always look forward. Yeah. Um, when you're hiking, you can't see around the bend. You have to just look to the next little reference yeah. point and, and, and you're staying present and you're focused and it actually trains you to have that um, mindset in everything else that you tackle in your daily personal or your business life. If, if things are too overwhelming, it's because you're looking too far ahead. Yeah. Um, and I, I bring it back to my, my fitness and my activities as well. I wouldn't have got back on the bike if I hadn't done that 5k and mm. I would have, it would have been too, you know, it's too overwhelming to ride to the gong for 60, 60 kilometers if I had have had that mindset, but I changed everything and just, you know, little baby steps and just one step at a time. And that's how you've got to approach bigger and um, bigger stuff in your life and everything from your nutrition to your health, to your personal life, everything's, you know, the best time of my life is, is right now. It's not, mm. not yesterday or, yeah. or the future. It's, the best time is, you know, yesterday I gave it my best shot and my best try. And today I'm just, I'm loving today because I'm just so present with you now. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's all you can do. If you can go to bed tonight that you've given it your best shot, then tomorrow you'll know that you can improve on that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a beautiful attitude to live through. And I think for the people listening to this conversation, I think, you know, to, to live in the moment is just such a beautiful way of being. Yeah. yeah, we tend to, you know, I'm no angel. I tend to default back to my old habits sometimes of mm. being, a, being a little bit of the victim. But each time I pull myself up quicker and yeah. and learn from the lesson or the learn from the mistake, which becomes a lesson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you see the gift in it that way. Wow. And um, with, um, I'm just thinking of a question to ask you to sort of finish off. So what would you ask or what would you tell people listening um, what simple changes they could make in their life that would make a difference today? Definitely. I'd, well, I'm big on self-love, so having more compassion for yourself mm. and being okay where you are right now. If, if you're in pain or you're overweight or you have to be get, you have to get your head around it, it's okay to be where you are and you can start from there. You don't mm. have to. Um, beat yourself up that you, you should be like that guy or don't compare yourself to others. Mm. Um, so self-love, is, that's I guess that's called self-love where you start with kindness and compassion towards yourself and then that will radiate out to how you how you respect yourself is how you treat others. Yep. And it's something that I've learned, you know, the hard way and, and um, I constantly learn that. You've got to just, that's probably one of my, kryptonite so I've got to be more <laughs> compassionate and kind with myself so yeah. I can treat others the same way exactly, and then, yeah. then your life just shines but um, you know one of my best quotes would be do the best you can until you know better and then when you know better you can't help but not do better <laughs> um, so just don't beat yourself up where if you don't know what you don't know now just start where you're at and um, so that's one of my favorite quotes Wow. But um, from the self, the self care simple point of view is self care isn't selfish. It's it's essential. Mm. Um, and I do spend my you know my mornings, um, you know the last seven days in a row I've got up sunrise and it's like the lavender trees are out at the moment. Oh wow! And I love purple. Purple's my favourite colour. Yeah. And there's 
you can't be any more present than walking up a street mm. and focusing on a purple tree. Yeah. And then you, and then you see another tree, purple, because they're all over the place. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'd head to that tree and wow, I take a photo <laughs> of that tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've spent the week going down completely different streets in different areas. Um, even down private driveways to check out a tree at six o'clock in the morning <laughs> and, and, and just kind of li- being a little bit uncomfortable with being, you know, in that scenario, which the yeah. more you can be uncomfortable, the more comfortable you are um, yes. doing those kind of things. So yeah. I've, I've spent the last week, as I said, just focusing on the beauty of the purple trees and that's taken me the focus off, you know, multitasking of, I've done nothing, you know, I haven't checked. Mm. I don't think I've been on Instagram for a week or um, Facebook for five minutes a day. And mm. um, I'm spending more time being just looking after myself and, and which sets you up or makes you bulletproof for the rest of the day. It does um, nothing else, nothing else can kind of phase you. If you've locked in your morning rituals and, you know, I might come home if I've got time and have a, a nice warm bath with Epsom salts. And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the girly rituals is what I'm all about. Well, who um, says they're girly, really? No, you know, no. We make them just, girly, don't we? Yeah, really everyone do. loves a nice self, So Yeah, yeah. But um, just the rituals and the self-care is massive. And, yeah. Um, and what Cindy always used to say is question everything, mm. um, be critical and um, think through that and then do the opposite, which is what I've done. Wow. So what's your favourite self-ritual apart from having a nice warm bath with Epsom salts? <laughs> I think going to bed early. Yeah. I love my sleep. Um, you know, years ago it wasn't a priority, but now, like, if I'm not in bed and you know, drifting off by ten, there's something wrong. Mm. So I, I do power down very early at night, um, and you know, I, if I don't get my sleep, I'm, I like to get up early, so I like I've got to reciprocate that and go to bed early. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, sleep—you can't function without sleep. And um, I'm not much of a TV addict, or um, games, you know, I just research on the computer, but then I just shut it all down and a couple of hours before bedtime and just prepare and get a good night's sleep with rest and repair. Yeah, so sleep's huge. And um, whenever I'm mentally challenged, I just put my shoes on and go for a walk. Yeah. And I always come back a different person. I know. It's just um, the magic of life, isn't it? Being in the present and just enjoying what yeah. life gives us, the gifts that are around us all the time. Yep. And you're just, you'll, You'll answer your own questions and you'll be your, your hardest critic when you're out walking by yourself, but you'll come back with the answers and yeah. life won't be so tough when you get back. Oh. What a great conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it's very been pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, you kind of learn this as you go along. You learn yeah. from your errors. And, you do. Um, I guess one of my favourite books would be from um, Australian author Bronnie Ware. She's got mm. one called the, the Five Regrets of the Dying. Wow, I haven't got and that one. She's got a trilogy. She's got a, a trilogy of three books and she's um, set her life up where she doesn't regret anything anymore and she's gone back and fixed a lot of things and mm. ticked all the all the bucket bucket lists and um, she you know she interviewed people for years of um, of the dying of their regrets and they all regret not doing this and not doing that yeah. so slowly by surely I'm um, having less regrets by ticking off the things that I want to do mm. and um, I've got a few more I'm working on. At the end of the day, you know, it's all about you. You want to be happy in life. Yeah. Um, so I'm working towards quite a few others, which will um, 
complete the the happy list and yeah yeah and then there'll be uh, more on the list <laughs> but i think as you said it's the moments that bring us joy it's not the material things you know it's those those adventures doing things you know getting out in nature being proactive getting to community that's it um, you know you got to jump into these things you just don't know how you can't pre-plan how things are going to roll um going getting into the unknown so to speak is that's where the magic happens you just mm. You, you um, don't put any limitations on yourself. Just just take that leap of faith, and um, if it takes a bit longer, you're still working on it. Or we'll just keep working on it. And, but um, hey, if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> it's a good attitude to have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One final question to ask you. We're going to jump into the future. Ooh. Yeah. If we can, I you know sometimes eh, it's hard to imagine what the future is, but what. What does your future self, what would you see your future self look like in about, mm. oh, I, I was thinking 20, but let's bring it down to 10 because I think 20 yeah. is a long way. It's, um, say 10. Yeah, it's, 10 good to, it's good to manifest and journal and come up with these um, future plans. I'd, I'd like to look back, just like Bronnie Ware says, I'd like to look back and if, if I'd say to myself, I'm glad you didn't regret taking that chance or taking that risk. Mm. Um, after all, what's the worst thing that could have happened? I, I, you know, if it, if things may have, have gone differently, or they may have been been amazing. Mm. Um, so you know, I just I don't want to be on my deathbed like the interviewers she interviewed, where they regret not giving it their best shot. Um, and I don't regret, you know, when I first started, I don't regret walking out in the freezing cold and the pouring rain every night. Walking, I don't regret um, mm. all the the pain and the challenges. I just, yeah, everything now. I, I, I wake up and I bound out of bed each day, just so grateful for another attack at it. Um, and <laughs> with a I, smile on your face. Yeah, it's a bit scary. I'm gonna have to work till I'm 140 because I've, just got, <laughs> I've got all these plans and this energy. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just follow your dream. I'm glad I've found the courage to follow mm. my, my health dreams, and that will take me into the next. 10 years of my life to follow, you know, personal dreams and, and, and bigger dreams. Wow. And, and when you feel that way, life just um, is quite not addictive, but you just feel like you're on a high the whole time. Oh, you do. It's a, it's a natural high. I mean, mm. you have your, we're human. We have our oh, low yeah, points, but, our, yeah. but. We need the polarized effect. We need to have the, the good and the bad. Yeah. But to... you know, 90% of it is, is your, um, so grateful and, from you know turning around from where I was where I I was the victim you know I thought I was mm. the victim and it was everyone else's fault and it's genetics yeah. and um to being super grateful that's um that's where you know things happen when you start changing your mindset and mm. um, put it, and you'll put the hard yards in okay any final words no I've just sit, living in the now I'm just really grateful to have a chat today and um hopefully someone's can be inspired by my health journey and um, it's, it's not impossible and find a community that you can tap into and always put your hand up and ask questions and there's always um, some smart people out there who are happy to help and and that's their mission to serve people so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah if I could just be the example for your listeners and for others and that's um, just keep working on myself that's um, what I'm all about Beautiful.
Well, thanks, Stuart, for for coming in and sitting at the kitchen table today and sharing yeah. your story. And thanks, Sue. I really, I really enjoyed it. It's been a fantastic conversation. Um, could sit with you for hours, I think, and just ah. talk about life and get really deep into the meaning of life. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have a philosophical take. On I know. Yeah, it's not the light, and you know, I think we have those kind of conversations to, to not uh, often enough That's in our it. life with people we care. Yeah. Awesome. We'll have a fantastic day. Thank you, Sue. And goodbye. All right. Talk, <laughs> talk soon. We will. Bye, Stuart. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>